Hi, and welcome to the Country Hope Church podcast. We're based in regional Queensland with locations in Chinchilla, Gainda, Jandawi, and Meandara. We hope you enjoy this episode and we invite you to join us for a Sunday service. For full details, head to our website, www.countryhope.church. like I would start off my life skills with my year sixes. So we're going to do a bit of a, do a, bit of a quiz. And I've got Fredo Frogs, obviously, as I always do. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put up some words on the screen, and they represent a phobia. So it's a different fear that people may have. If someone can guess the phobia, they get a Fredo Frog. If no one can guess the phobia, I keep it, and I eat it later, okay? So it's you versus me with a phobia. First one is that's not the first one, but that'll do. Pogonophobia. Does anyone know what pogonophobia is? No, not pogo sticks. Do you want a hint? I'll give you a hint. A hint is you're never afraid of a woman if you've got this phobia, unless she's an old Italian nonna. You might be. Yes, beads. Well done. Way, well done. Pogonophobia. Next one. Claustrophobia. Well, you had your hand up first. Small spaces. Well done. I've got no Freddos. Next one is acrophobia. No. 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 Acrobat. Oh, who said that? Fear of heights. Well done. I'm getting no Freddos. Okay, this one. You will not get this one. No. Good guess. I'll tell you, I've got, I've got torophilia. That's what I've got. Not torophobia, torophilia. <laughs> I've got hugophobia, that's what I've definitely got. That. Yes. No. Good, good guess. <laughs> Pardon? Oh, close. Fear of a certain type of food. You've got three seconds. Not seafood. Two seconds. One second. Fear of cheese. Fear of cheese. That's one Fredo for me. I'll put that in my bag. Thank you very much. Next one. Thanatophobia. I'll give you a hint. This is the second most common fear. Not public speaking. Dying. Who said that? Dying. McDonald's are bringing it home. Did you know that, interestingly, on every list that's ever compiled of phobias, death is always second. Public speaking is always first. Public speaking, death. Uh, some phobias are totally irrational. Like, my family, my wife and kids, are terrified of cockroaches. A cockroach has never harmed or killed anyone. Cockroaches are just these little... I do know. They have no ability to hurt you. Why would you be fearful of cockroaches? I don't understand it. Horses, on the other, sta- on the other hand, horses uh, result in more hospital admissions in Australia than any other living creature. So to have a phobia of horses is quite rational, and we all should have one, if you, if you ask me. So some phobias are irrational. Some, some of our fears are rational. Some are healthy. Uh, Psalm 34 says this, Fear the Lord, and you will lack nothing. But that sort of fear isn't a, I'm afraid I'll get hurt fear. That's a respect fear. And some fear is good because it's actually respect, but some fear isn't good for us. Because it's crippling. 
It stops us moving forward in God. It stops us making good decisions. It stifles our faith. Some fear is bad. We're actually told in the Bible, numerous places, numerous times, to be courageous. We are to live as courageous people. 1 Corinthians 16 says, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Acts 7 says, But I urge you to keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost. Acts 27 says, Keep up your courage, for I have faith in God, and it will happen just as God told me. Joshua 1 says, Be strong and courageous. Luke says, Don't be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Philippians 4 says, Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We as Christ followers are called to be courageous. We're called to live our lives courageously, moving forward in him, overcoming our fears, trusting in him. That's easier said than done, though. How do you live a courageous life? Imagine if we were determined to push through all our fears... How would our lives look if we lived a courageous life? Nothing will hold me back. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, we find a great little passage. And Paul tells us, the Apostle Paul who wrote this, tells us how to live a courageous life. He was actually writing this letter to a pastor, a young pastor, who was... uh, living his life in fear. He was a pastor of quite a large church, the church in Ephesus. And it was a big cosmopolitan city and he was young and a lot of the Christians in the church were older than him. So they used to give him a hard time telling him that he was just a young guy and, and he felt like he didn't really know what he was doing. And he was living his life fearfully instead of boldly going forward in God. And so his mentor, Paul, wrote him a letter saying, hey, This is how you are to live. And this is what he says in 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 and 7. I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God does not make us timid or fearful, but the Spirit of God gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The Spirit of God, some versions say the Spirit of God doesn't give us fear, but the Spirit of God gives us power, love, and self-discipline. We were created and saved to live lives of courage. We were saved by God to live lives overcoming fear. We were saved to live powerful lives. Think about this for a moment. If the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give you life. Now that's a powerful life. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to live courageously. The same spirit who raised Christ from the dead is alive in us. God did not give us a spirit who makes us to live a timid life, but he gave us the Holy Spirit to live live a life full of courage and power. So what would my life look like if I live my life like that. The contemporary English version says this, God's spirit doesn't make us cowards. It doesn't make us cowards at all. It gives us power and love and self-control. Interesting the words Paul uses to contrast with timidity and uh, cowardice. He uses the word power. 
God wants you to live a powerful life, a life of influence. That's the life that I should be living. I should be living a life that's influential and powerful. Do you remember when you were young at school and the teacher used to say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I remember in class quite often, it would happen regularly, the teacher would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And someone would say, policeman and fireman and nurse. I, without fail, used to say, I want to be a pirate. That was my goal as a grade one I want to be a pirate, have a parrot on my shoulder. I wonder what your dream is for your life. What do you want to be? Who do you see yourself being for God? Fortunately, I dropped that and became a pastor instead. But who do you want to be for God? Quite often when I'm counselling people and I'm talking to people, I say, what's your plan for your life? Who do you see yourself being in five years? And I'm amazed at the amount of people who have no idea and no idea who they are and no idea what they want to be in Christ. If you have no idea who you want to be in five years, you'll probably achieve your goal. You probably won't get to anywhere. But to live a life of power, we've got to have the goal of living for God. That's the first goal. If we base our life on living for money or stuff or or just enjoyment, I just want to enjoy life, that's all I want to do, you'll end up not living a powerful life. It will take you down the road to fear. But as you put God first, a powerful life, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and it starts with a dream in God. What do I want to be? What do I want to do for God? Noah had a dream to build a boat and he courageously built it and saved the world. Joseph had a dream. One day I'll be a great ruler. And it sustained him through some dark times and helped him live a life of power. Moses had a dream. You'll save your people from slavery. That dream sustained him through 40 years with the sheep being a nobody. But it gave him a life of power. It begins with a dream. Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and then he will give you the desires in your heart. Live for God, love him, worship him and he will start to put dreams on your heart. So many people haven't got a dream for life but they, they aren't really pressing into God for one. So many people have a dream but they're not God dreams because instead of pressing into God, they press into Facebook. They press into common culture, press into God and see what dreams he can give you. So often our lives are lived for the temporal, work hard, own a house, own a car, own a boat, have a job and then die. What sort of a life is that? And those things aren't bad in themselves, but when they become our dream, we're robbing ourselves of the ability to live a life of power for God. What do I want to do for God? What do I want to achieve for his kingdom? And that can look so different for so many people. For me as a 13-year-old boy, God put a dream in my heart that one day you're going to pastor a church. And I just felt it so clearly and that became my dream. And, and then I went through my teenage years. I went to university. I did accounting, but the stream was still there. And then finally at the age of 23, I went to theological college at 25 finally became a pastor for the first time, but the dream was there. What's your dream? It mightn't be to be a pastor, it might be to be the best teacher that I can. It might be to be a great neighbour so that everyone around me is blessed by me. There's all sorts of dreams that God can put on your heart. It's up to us to find it. The Apostle Paul, when he started writing about living a powerful life, he starts off with, remember what God put in your heart. 
He put a dream in your heart and he gave you the Holy Spirit so that you can live a life of power. When God gives you a dream, he'll enable you to live that dream and to live a powerful and influential life. If you want to live a life that's powerful, get a dream in God. Actively pursue him no matter what. Pursue his dream on your life and see that you will live a life of power and influence, a life that's free of fear and timidity. A life of power doesn't come from living my own dream. A life of power comes from living with the dream God put on my heart. And I move forward powerfully with him. And it gives me the Holy Spirit that empowers me to live that life. I don't want to live a timid life. I want to live a life of power, achieving the dream God put on my heart. The Apostle Paul then says, live a life of love. If you don't want to live timidly, live a life of love. God didn't give us a spirit that makes us timid, but gave us a spirit who fills us with power, makes us powerful, and fills us with love. It takes courage to love. It takes courage to go against the grain, to to love courageously. First of all, to love God himself. To make him the centre of my life takes courage. I'm going to sacrifice, and we sang some great songs today. God, you are the love of my life. I'm going to live for you 100%. I'm going to base everything on my life in my relationship with you. You're going to be number one. That takes courage to do that, particularly in our culture where it's all about me, what I want. I'm the centre of my life. I've got to be the... To actually give that up and say, I'm going to live for God 100%. I'm going to give him my everything. It, It takes courage to do that. Matthew says, seek first his kingdom. And then everything will be added to you, but seek his kingdom first. Make him your priority. Love courageously. I will have a passion for him. I won't just come to church on Sunday and then live my life Monday to Saturday. I'll make him the centre of my life. I'll love him courageously. And then I'll love my neighbour courageously. It's quite easy to love your neighbour. We've got great neighbours. Steve and Nicole Walsh are our neighbours in Mackey Street. They're a fantastic couple. I love chatting to them. Love hanging out with them. They're easy to love. It's great when you've got good neighbours. How about when you've got bad neighbours? How about when you've got neighbours that annoy you? Love the Lord with all your God and strength and love your neighbour as you love yourself. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Now that's next level love. That is a courageous love. When you see your brother or sister in need, one John says... Give sacrificially to them. Don't hold back. That is a courageous love. Now we're starting to enter into a a love that's countercultural. Instead of looking for revenge on my neighbour that annoys me and does things to me to bring me down, I'm going to pray for their blessing and I'm going to love them. For for people who are are just in a bad spot, I'm going to give sacrificially to them because they're my brother and sister. Read in Matthew 5, you've heard people say, love your neighbours and hate your enemies. We see that all the time on Facebook, in movies, in media. It's part of our culture. Love your neighbours and hate your enemies. And I tell you, love your enemies and pray for anyone who mistreats you. Then you'll be acting like your father in heaven. Imagine that, loving courageously like that. When we start to do that, when we start to love him courageously, give him every part of our life and love our neighbours courageously, even our enemies. When we start to love courageously, we start to love with God's love. And then we start to see the brokenness around us 
in our community. And then we start to get motivated to live our life to bring the gospel to those people. And it sort of changes our life and we become courageous in the way we live our life because we see there are so many broken people in our town here that need to know Jesus. And as I love God's way, it transforms the way I live, makes me bolder in my approach to life. I need to tell people about Jesus because there are people around me that are hurting, that are broken, that are imperfect. And when I love courageously, I see people in a different light. And it motivates me to live a powerful, courageous life. Paul wrote to Timothy here and he said, don't forget, God's put a dream on your heart to pastor this church. Live with power, powered by the Holy Spirit. And love. And love the people who are unlovable. And see how God transforms you and you start to live a powerful life. He then also says, love, power, love, and a sound mind. Uh, God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but he gave me a spirit who helps me live a life of influence, love courageously, and live a life where I make good decisions. Your version might say something different. It might say a life of self-discipline, a life of common sense, a life of making good, good decisions, and all those are great translations. But I think Caitlin summed it up perfectly today in worship what this means. What it means is I will make decisions that will take me forward in God powerfully. And she said during the worship today, if you're worshipping here today and you've got sin in your life that you need to get rid of, then do it. That is the Holy Spirit helping us make good disciplined decisions that lead to a life of power. She said, if you don't know Christ as your saviour, which is the starting point, you can make the decision today to follow him. And that is making a decision that will help God uh, empower us to live a great life. The, ho the Holy Spirit, Paul says, he didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit that helps you live powerfully, love courageously, and make the decisions you know you need to make. There are some things in my life I need to get rid of. There are some attitudes I have that are holding me back. There are some habits in my life that I've developed that I need to change. Holy Spirit, help me change them so I can live a powerful life with no fear. If I've got hidden sin in my life, I'm living in fear. I'm living in fear of God. I'm living in fear of other people finding out. I'm holding back. But as I get rid of that stuff and live a life of discipline with God, I move forward boldly in Him without fear. I reckon there are people here today who are living fearful that they will be discovered because they've got something in their life they know shouldn't be there. Make the decision. God, help me get rid of that thing so that I can live my life boldly. I want to live fearlessly in the decisions I make, not recklessly. There's a difference between reckless and fearless. Reckless is, I'll do every, anything, I don't care, it's, it's just whatever, it's all about me. Fearless is, I will do anything, I will live God's way with him at the centre, him guiding my path. When you do that, it actually takes you on unexpected journeys. And this is part of living a fearless life. When you finally get to the place when you say, Holy Spirit, give me a dream. 
I'm going to love people around me and I'm going to make decisions to get rid of the stuff in my life that I need to get rid of. It takes you to amazing places, unexpected journeys. I think of Joseph in the Old Testament had a dream from God and he had something he needed to do powerfully and he knew one day he'd be a great leader. He didn't know how he'd get there. He ended up in a pit and then his brothers sold him into slavery. He ended up a slave. What an unexpected journey that was. But he made the decision, I'm going to be the best slave I possibly can and do it powerfully. And he rose up to be second in charge of this rich guy's household, but then was falsely accused because he chose... The rich guy's wife wanted to sleep with him because he was young and handsome. But he said, no, God didn't give me a spirit of timidity and I'm not giving in to this. He gave me the spirit that helps me make good decisions and he ran away from the woman and she dobbed him in and she was so angry at him that she made false accusations. He ended up in prison. So now he's in prison, but he's lived his life well, but God was in it. And he rose up to be high in the prison and through a series of unbelievable circumstances, he ended up becoming second in charge of all of Egypt. An extremely power. His dream came true through unexpected journeys, but all the way he was living his life of power, of love, and of good decision-making. And as we do that, we can live powerful lives for him, despite where the journey may take us. And we may end up in places that we can't believe. I can't believe I'm here, but as we keep living boldly for him, We'll keep on that journey to what he has for us and we will never be dismayed. We will never be uh, worried about the future because I know that I'm living for him. And in the end, things will work out and my God dream will come true. In the end, Joseph kept making good decisions and he lived a powerful, influential life. And so we have this letter from the Apostle Paul to a young man living timidly. He's not living life how he should to the full. Paul's advice is fearlessly live a full life for God. Pursue him. Make him the centre. And then he says, and love irrationally. Even your enemies. Love with the love that God gives you. And then with the guiding of the Holy Spirit, make good decisions in your life, courageous decisions and you will live a life of power. As Timothy read that, as he read what Paul wrote in the letter, I wonder what he thought about his life. I know that he must have made changes because he became a great preacher for God and the church at Ephesus rose to great heights because Timothy said, enough is enough. I'm going to give God my very best. I'm going to even love those that don't like me and I'm going to make some good decisions for my life. 2,000 years later, how's your life look? If you were to sum up your life, would you say, I'm living powerfully for God, and I'm living fearlessly? Or are there some things that you need to change? God, give me a dream. May I pursue it powerfully. God, help me love the people around me, even the ones that are really annoying me. Give me your heart. And God, help me put off the things I need to put off because they're keeping me from living courageously for you. And Paul's letter resonates with me today. And I look at this and I know there's attitudes that I've got to change. 
and things I've got to implement into my life to make my life better for God. And if you're at the place where you're saying, no, I've got this, I've got it nailed down, I'm living perfectly, then you might want to go away and think about and pray about it again. Because there's always things that we need to adjust, always attitudes we need to fix, and always getting our life calibrated back with God. But as we do, he takes the fear away and we live fearlessly for him. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. <coughs> Paul's writing to you today. You might be a young man. You might be in the second part of your life. You might be living in your little world and thinking, God, can God ever use me? These words are for you. For God didn't give you a spirit to be timid, but he gave you a spirit to help you live a life of influence, to live a life that loves irrationally, and to live a life where you put off the things that you need to put off and you go forward in God powerfully. God created you to make a difference. And I've always said, if I live my whole life and I can just take one person with me to eternity that wouldn't, know, wouldn't have known God except for my influence, I've lived a great life. And if just that is your dream, just one person, that's a great dream to pursue. Pursue it. God, help me to live a powerful life that loves irrationally and that makes good decisions that brings me back to God. God, take the fear away. Lord, I want to thank you that you've saved all of us to live a powerful life, that you've created all of us to be people of influence, whether that's influential over the nations or influential in our neighbourhood. You've created us to have influence to bring people closer to the kingdom of God. And I pray we would live in the light of that. For the people who don't have a dream on their heart, Lord, I pray you give them a dream. That you put something on their heart. This is what I need to do for God. And if they can't get a dream, I just pray that they have the goal to take one person with them to eternity and may it unfold on that. Lord, help us to love. Boy, it's hard to love sometimes, God, but I pray I'd love with your love. And I pray to change me and my attitudes. And Lord, help me get rid of the attitudes I need to. I can think of a couple already. I'm going to work on this week. Help me, Holy Spirit. Take away the timidity. Help me live powerfully, I pray. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Country Hope Church podcast and that this episode blessed you. If you've got any questions or prayer requests, please don't hesitate to contact us through our email, connect at countryhope.church. If you'd like to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode, that would be fantastic. Otherwise, we hope to see you either online or in person at some point soon.